Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Via the internet, all these years later, and we still act like we freaking created it. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you in the uh, dead of September. Yep, middle of September. Here we are. And guess what that means? <laughs> I guess we're wrapping up seven years of this show. <laughs> this will be kicking off year number eight uh, next week. <laughs> wow. Anyway, on uh, this week's show, a uh, tobacco review of the new John Cotton's Double Pressed Virginia. And uh, that was uh, by request. <laughs> I'm not, I don't remember who requested it, but I was intrigued. So I got, got a tin of that. Uh, my guest tonight is William Shue and his wife, Jerry. And uh, William is... Uh, from Shanghai, China, and is the maker of Snow Three-Year Pipes, and I really had a good time getting to talk to them a couple weeks back and recording all this, uh, and I hope you're going to enjoy it. I, I got to say, they, uh, you know, considering they grew up in Shanghai, their English is a whole lot better than my uh, than my Mandarin is, and they're just uh, really nice people. So uh, I really need to get to Shanghai and see Disneyland and. Meet uh, William and Jerry in person. Uh, and then we'll have uh, music, mailbag, and rant. All the standard stuff coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And uh, let's see, it's September, so a lot of you are back in school. If you have, uh, if you missed some episodes and you know, back in school, back from vacations, all that stuff is over with. Everybody's back in the routine. Remember, our entire archive is available at uh, PipesMagazine.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podkicker, all those places. So you can go back and get caught up. Uh, you can also go back and listen to your favorite shows anytime you want. Also, if you are a uh, regular on uh, PipesMagazine.com, you'll notice the brand new website is up and running and uh, the new layout and it looks really sharp. Uh, I guess there was a few bumps, but it uh, looks like all the bumps are over. And uh, it's just a nice, clean-looking uh, looking website. And Kevin said there's all kinds of magical things in the background now that he can do because it's a new, modern website. Anyway, make sure and check that out. All right, let's get the show rolling so everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. back all right tobacco review time and this one intrigued me it's uh john cotton's double pressed virginia uh this one according to uh go over to tobaccoreviews.com and according to tobacco reviews it says from uh from pipes and cigars website a blend of sweet virginias is first pressed and then sliced into a flake it's then tumbled into a ribbon allowed to breathe and put back into the mold to be pressed again into a crumble cake. This darkens the leaf and gives it a deeper, richer flavor, and it takes much of the edge off the blend. Finally, there's a Virginia tobacco that just about anyone can enjoy, John Cotton's Double Pressed Virginia. Uh, and then it also says John Cotton's Double Pressed Virginia was the winner of the 2019 Chicago Bowl, which is a uh, an attendee voted on award of uh you know the best tobacco of the year and i forget what the i guess the this year it might have been virginia's anyway uh so i bought the tin from uh, smoking pipes and got it in and let it sit for about a month before i started playing with it 
Uh, good looking label. That, that was the first thing that jumped out at me. And I, you know, so, so at first, all right, it's made by Sutliff Tobacco for, uh, and, and blended by Russ Willette. Uh, so at first I was a little hesitant because I thought, all right, you know, it's another crumble cake and it's going to be a lot like the, uh, like the red Virginia, uh, crumble cake that Sutliff came out with. But this is actually kind of, uh, just cut into a plug cut that is real easy to break apart. Um, upon opening it, you don't get that vinegary or, uh, that red Virginia smell like you do with the Sutliff crumble cake. Um, you get a little bit more of the traditional, uh, the traditional Virginia smell. There does not appear to be anything else but Virginia's in the blend. And again, it is, uh, it's darker, uh, but that's from the double pressing. Uh, the cake itself breaks apart real easily. And again, with this one, like the Sutliff crumble cakes, I had to be careful packing it because by the time you started to break it apart, you got some fairly small pieces. So word to, you know, word of caution, make sure that you pack it a little bit loose and tamp a little softer. All right. Because otherwise you'll end up, you know, plugging up your bowl and you won't be able to, you know, it just won't be a pleasurable event. Um, lit and smoked real easily had some good Virginia flavor. Uh, definitely not on the, uh, not as sweet as some of the McClellan Virginias, but again, this is a different kind of Virginia. This is more of a yellow and an orange Virginia that's been pressed and beaten and tortured and cut and sliced and diced and then pressed again. So, uh, if I were to compare it to anything else, I would say, if you remember back to my review of the Sutliff, uh, the, the Sutliff crumble cake, just the pure Virginia, this is halfway in between that and like an Orlick golden slice. So it doesn't have all that, um, all that hot, all that bright yellow Virginia bite that Orlick can get. Uh, and it doesn't have all the sweetness that the red Virginia does. So it's kind of a hybrid in between and it's a nice balance of a hybrid, um, I ended up smoking it in a much in a larger bowl than normal and found it to be really full of flavor, uh, really easy to smoke. And again, I had to be careful with tamping it. If I put it in a smaller bowl, I found that it was I got a little too aggressive with the tamping most of the time and it just got, you know, plugged up in there. Uh, but again, this is so in my opinion, it's a it, it's kind of like halfway between that traditional Orlick golden sliced yellow Virginia and a red Virginia. And it's a really nice option for somebody who doesn't like the sweeter stuff, but also doesn't want the, uh, hot yellow, uh, or the hot bright Virginias of a, uh, of like an Orlick golden sliced or, or a Virginia flake, uh, on tobacco reviews so far, it's, uh, gotten three and a half stars and it's only got six reviews. Uh, but anyway, we'll go to Jim Inks, uh, Jim Amash. He gave it three stars, rated it mild to medium. Um, didn't detect much of a room note, which I really didn't detect either. Uh, but then he writes, the various Virginias offer some citrus and grass, a fair amount of wood and earth, hints of sugar, spice, and sourness. Uh, and a little tangy dark fruit along with a light floral fermented quality. The double pressing eliminates any sharpness and rough edges, creating a mostly smooth, matured, rather mellow Virginia experience. This strength is in between mild and the center of mild to medium. The taste is in the center, and the nicotine hit just passes the mild mark. Won't bite or get harsh, even if you smoke like a freight train. <laughs> I've seen Jim smoke. He, he, he'll smoke like a freight train. Um, this is easily broken apart crumble cake designed to suit your packing preference. Burns very cool and clean at a slow pace. It's mildly sweet with a slight savory note and has a very consistent flavor from start to finish. Leaves little dampness in the bowl and does require a lot of relights. 
has a pleasant short-lived aftertaste and room note by design it's fairly easy going all day smoke uh and that's pretty much about the standard of what everybody said it's a medium virginia mild a medium uh and again i think it's uh it, it's an interesting yeah it, it's an interesting treatment to a bright virginia tobacco that just really does like jim says takes the edge off those bright virginias and creates a good all-day smoke so uh, if you're interested it's uh 1.75 ounces you can get it just about anywhere that's uh, john cotton's double pressed virginia and in a couple of weeks i'll do the uh, double pressed kentucky which i'm looking forward to and in just a minute we'll have my conversation with uh, william shoe this is internet radio a savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations for over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And like you, there can only be one Savinelli. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and going all the way to a city that I can't... I, I, I need to come to Shanghai because, of course, there's the new Disneyland there, but all the way to China for uh, a pipe maker who most people know as Snow Three Year, which we will ask about that, but uh, William Shu and his wife, Jerry. William, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, hi, Brian. Thanks for having me. Best of wishes to everyone. It is my pleasure to have you, and we are joined by your wife to help with translation. So it's always nice to have a lady's voice on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Hi, Brian. Thanks very much for the opportunity. And this is Jerry Liu from Shanghai. I'm the translator of my husband, William <laughs> Shi. Sack Bryce, sack my wife. <laughs> yeah. uh, William, were you were you born and raised in Shanghai? Uh, yeah. Uh, I born in Shandong, in Shandong, not Shanghai, and lived in Shanghai since 1989. Wow. And when did you begin your interest in pipe smoking and pipe making? Uh, the initial contact was in 2002 when I bought a pipe for my dad on Father's Day. Uh, <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> <laughs> presently, um, he was patient enough. He, he wasn't patient enough to enjoy and. Uh, it ended up with me. <laughs> I remember it was a Big Ben pipe with McBaron's cherry. <laughs> and did he have had had your father smoked a pipe before, or was this just a a gift idea that you thought would be nice? No, he never smoked pipe before. And did he smoke cigarettes? Yeah. When he was uh, eighteen, I guess. <laughs> and do do most Chinese men smoke cigarettes? Yeah, many. Because uh, it's more convenient. Yeah, yeah. and cheapest. Yep. And so you ended up keeping his pipe, and then did you start smoking his pipe? Yeah. And, and and was that did you enjoy it at the beginning or did you have problems with it um i think i have some trouble but uh, after five balls i feel i can i can control <laughs> are were there many places for you to learn how to smoke a pipe in china or did you have to learn on your own Oh, I have no chance to study from somebody or other way. I just uh, smoke the pipe by myself to learn. And now you smoke a pipe 
every day or is it for special occasion? Uh, normally, I will smoke each bowl after meal. Uh, max five bowls a day during public holidays. <laughs> so th then you can celebrate and relax with a with a lot of pipe tobacco. Yeah. <laughs> when did you begin to make a make pipes? Oh yeah, I started to customize my own pipe as of uh, 2009. Wow. Were there other pipe makers in China then or other people for you to learn from? Oh, no. By myself only. Wow. So did you make mistakes on those pipes? Many, many, many <laughs> mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> what were some of the problems that you had when starting to make pipes? Uh, uh, the preparation of... Huh? Preparation. Oh, oh, sorry. The preparation of specialized tools was the biggest uh, cha challenge to me. I couldn't uh, acquire those from local market or internet. 90% of them was designed upon person habits, uh, regular standards, uh, comprehension of pipe, and the insane in a, and in for <laughs> emphasis. Oh yeah, and emphasis on style. I could uh, either cooperate with professional factories or handmade by myself. Uh, sometimes the problem won't arise after you finally put in use. Then everything went back to square one. Wow. Uh, <laughs> rigidly, it took three years of my time. For example, shaping of drill bits, uh, upgrading of blast machine, and the uh, reformation of trunk. Yeah, so you had to do a lot of practice and then go back and fix and try again. So yeah, so many, many, many different mistakes, but they all taught you something new. Yeah, with my many money and time. <laughs> <laughs> So lots of practice. Were with the internet were you able to see other people's pipes so you could see what other pipe makers were doing but you couldn't see how they did it. Uh, the first at first time uh, very beginning uh I can see others pipe on China's uh biggest uh online online Platform, yeah. Taobao. Do you know Taobao? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Mang's Taobao. Uh, so many distributors uh, sell pipes. Uh, I can see all the world pipes in China markets. Wow. And, and so you learned, so sometimes you had to look at what they were doing and then try to figure out how they did it to get it to work. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, uh, after that, I interested to making pipe, so I go to uh, use VPN and go to you go on you YouTube YouTube ah. to see to watch <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then and then the discovery of YouTube and now you have videos that you can watch to learn from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very useful to me. Yeah. Please tell me about your the name of your pipe, Snow Three Year. Okay, uh, because I don't believe that people really care who I am. They care more about the beauty and the quality of the pipe itself. Mm -hmm. Of course, pipe must has a logo, so I think Snow Three Year must be better than William. Uh, the reason why my pipe named by Snow Three Year instead of my real name, is I've been fascinated by Pong since childhood, and it was my nickname back then. <laughs> uh, I 
wanted a special and (laughs) imaginative name when I first uh, encountered computer and internet. As you know, it's always required to load in. I have no, I had no idea I would uh, apply it to a special item. Uh, it just came to my mind while making hats. I decided to use it as my unique trademark immediately, without any hesitation. Hesitation. <laughs> hesitation. Sorry. Uh, from my perspective, uh, object. Uh, concept show in. I sorry. Let me uh, take it from here. Yeah. The reason why Williams Pipe named by Snow three years instead of his real name is because he has been fascinated by poem since childhood, and it was his nickname back then. He wanted a special and imaginative name when he first encountered the computer and the internet. As you know, it's always required to log in. He had no idea he would apply it to a specific item. It just came to his mind while making pipes. He decided to use it as his uh, unique trademark immediately without any hesitation. So. Sorry, there is no um, impressive stories behind that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is an impressive story because a pipe is a piece of poetry, and to name the pipes after a poem and after a name that he was called as a child, I think that is a a special pipe name. Oh, thank you. Actually, lots of people remember his nickname immediately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it is very easy to remember. And at the same time, it also says about where you live, where in China, where it can snow sometimes a lot. Mm-hmm. Where there is any question, there is attention to himself, so we just keep that name. (laughs) (laughs) It is fun. Um, In, uh, William, in Shanghai, do you have another job that you do, or is pipe making your only job? Uh, For now, I'm an all-time pipe maker. And that, that, that also makes you very rare, because... Are there a lot of other pipe makers in China? Uh, yes, many pipe makers this time. I think you can Brian say that. Like, I think roughly it's about 200 professional pipe makers in mainland China, and they always go to various professional pipe shows around the world. Um, and there is one famous pipe show in China, uh, maybe in Hubei province, the China, Chen, uh, Hebei province, the Chengde International Art Pipe Show. Right? Yeah. Not so foreign. Lots of foreigners take part in this yeah. international art pipe show. Yeah. For example, Jeff. Jeff Allen. Yeah. Yeah. So then at that, at that international show, you get a chance to see many different pipe makers and see their, their pipes up close. Yeah. It's a great opportunity to communicate with people how they mm-hmm. apply their wood blocks and how they... Um, promote their pipe sales, everything. And it's a very good opportunity to connect with successful people. (laughs) We will take a break right here. When we come back, we will talk more pipes and uh, Shanghai with William. So stay with us. We will be back in just a minute. Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? 
Think of what you smoke, what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm. Smoking Pipes in faithful service of the hobby. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with uh, William and Jerry Shu of uh, Snow Three Year Pipes. And again, it is, uh, it's my honor and it's a pleasure to have both of you on the show. And, uh, is, if I come to Shanghai, are there places that I can go to smoke a pipe or can I smoke my pipe almost anywhere? Actually, there are various restrictions for smoking pipe in Shanghai. You can only smoke pipe in outdoor area, maybe inside of your own house. Yeah. So it's not very convenient. If you want to sit at the cafeteria and order a cup of coffee and try several bowls of cigarette, uh, of the tobacco, um, we can only select some decent hotels for you ah. in the public area. <laughs> and William, going back to pipe making, are there pipe makers that influenced you and your design when you were beginning? You are not inspired by some people, you're just inspired by special kind of partners. Special. <laughs> um, actually, he can only learn from YouTube videos and he wasn't inspired by the specific pipe makers, but by some special type of pipe. He's fond of various types of pipes, uh, from classic to modern sculpture. Uh, yeah. But due to his water mouth, his favorite is Cavalier, because its air chamber enhanced ultimate smoking practice and meticulous craftsmanship stimulates his sense of challenge. So his first pipe is, uh, first pipe was something like downhill Cavalier set. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. So the, the shape and the design is very interesting to him and not so much the people. Again, it's more about the pipe itself. Yes, exactly. That, that is unique. Um, is there a shape of a pipe that is hard for you to make or maybe one that you still do not feel like you're very happy with? Um, actually, there is no shape of pipe William think he cannot handle because it's just related to the specific shape of pipe, um, whether it's time-consuming or not, he will find his way to finalize the uh, final performance, and it's just the 
problem of difficulties and how many time he will take and how to upgrade the design and everything. Finally, he will get there. <laughs> he, he will keep working until it looks good. Yes. Uh, or it will be ended up in the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe because you have a, a, young, a, a young baby as a toy. <laughs> uh, how many hours will it take for you to make a pipe sometimes um normally it will take william um two days for egg shape pipe and for a bulldog it normally takes up to three to four days wow. depending on the different process yeah, so a lot of a lot of time and a lot of work into making one pipe. Yes, because he has very high standard himself, which always drives him nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that that translates perfectly. <laughs> do do you prefer to? Uh, drill the bowl first and then shape the pipe or do you shape the pipe and then drill the bowl? To be specific, uh, it will block a priors up to top grade. In other words, no matter the disper uh, dispersion of grain uh, or the wood density or up to satisfaction, I probably drill first. The essence is to connect with the wood block and find the best way to develop it. Uh, uh, potential. <laughs> its potential and best to stay its final smoking quality. If I don't have that feeling, I shall shape first and uh, adjust along the way. <laughs> that. That is just like most pipe makers where, you know, most of the newer pipe makers where you, it depends on what you're going for and what the, and what the wood will give you. So, <laughs> uh, are there materials like bamboo or other woods that you like to work with? Okay. Uh, I, I like all the material, uh, because I think, uh, Everything has. Uh... William likes to apply all kinds of material for pipe making. He loves bamboo and have done several bamboo pipes. In his opinion, it's because bamboo's mysterious Asian elements made their presence of pipe more vividly, and he has done some motion pipe before. And the, the client was very satisfied with his performance. And he sourced all kinds of exotic wood from all over the world. And also some unboiner burrow yep. and other, other abonet <laughs> originated from Germany and Japan and some rare wood like pink ivory and amboiner burls. Mm -hmm. it, is it hard being in China to get some materials to work with that you that you want to work with? Actually, with nowadays, internet is very convenient. For example, uh, the Turkish government forbid mutual material export but if i if if william buys a motion material from ebay the seller will sort everything out uh, including custom declaration and everything and he can get the motion blocks in yeah. one month yeah yeah mm -hmm. And and then because I'm because I'm very interested in China, what is a traditional lunch or dinner meal like in China? 
um, maybe sometimes stir fried dishes or some dumplings and noodles. <laughs> it's the signature dishes in China. But nowadays, more and more people are fond of some decent steaks and seafood. And the Western restaurant is become more and more popular. Because myself have been in this red meat industry for uh, 15 years. Wow. We, we normally cooperated with international group hotels. So we focus more and more on our food quality and the taste. For the tenderloin steak, we always order medium rare. So <laughs> it's unacceptable for most of people, sometimes even rare. So is red meat becoming more popular amongst Chinese people or is it more for visitors? Actually, it's more and more popular among Chinese people. Now they have the knowledge to identify good steaks or not. And some of them even require chilled meat, never frozen. Wow. So, so sounds very much like the United States. Um, is What is the more popular kind of tea to drink with a meal? With the meal? Uh, some people prefer black tea and some people prefer green tea. It's just a personal preference. And is, is tea had with a meal or is it something that you might have in between a meal? Um, maybe after meal, together with the dessert. Okay, so, so not like American Chinese restaurants where they bring you the tea right away, it would be saved for after dinner. Uh, if you want to serve your tea first, they want to make money. <laughs> 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 because the price for tea can go really unbelievable. Sometimes it, they will charge you um, five, six hundred RMB for one pot of tea that is equal to eighty dollars. Wow, <laughs> that should be some very good tea. It depends <laughs> whether it's a good restaurant or not. Yeah. Um, William, where can we buy your pipes? Uh, for, uh, <clears throat> for more information, uh, you can search my brand, keywords snow 3 year or go to my website, www.snow3year.com, which established in April this year. Looking forward to your support. I try to promote my pipe via Google and Facebook but all got uh, restricted because smoking pipe is uh, defined as tobacco accessories. I've been offering a 20% off deal in conjunction with free shipping on my website for the first year to attract as much attention as possible. Come and check it out. Thanks a lot. <laughs> and I... <laughs> And I can say that I've, I'm on the website and there are a lot of beautiful pipes and the prices are perfect. And then now you've offered a deal with it. So the, the, that is a, it's a, it's, it, it's wonderful to see. And I'm happy to have gotten a chance to talk to you and your wife, uh, one more question before we go to the Fast Five final questions, because I like all things Disney. So, have you been to Shanghai Disneyland? Uh, unfortunately, we've never been to the Disneyland, but all of my colleagues went there. So, maybe when I come to China, we go to Shanghai Disneyland together. Yes, of course. We can arrange everything in advance. <laughs> that would be wonderful. 
We will wrap this up with the Fast Five final questions, and there's no right answer or no wrong answer, just whatever you want to answer. Are you ready? Yes, that's rock and roll. What is your favorite pipe? Okay, my favorite pipe is、uh, Cavalier. Say that again. Oh, the Cavalier. Yes. A、uh, Cavalier. Yeah. 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 My favorite pipe is Cavalier. And what is your favorite tobacco? Um, it's Bright Flake from GH. Okay, Gawith and Hogarth's Bright Flake.、Mm-hmm. Is it is it hard to get tobacco in China, or do you, do you have to order it, or do you have, or are you able to go and buy it at a store? Oh,、uh, I ordered、uh, from the SmokingPipe.com. Ah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is your favorite drink? Uh, my favorite drink is coffee, which reminds me of life. <laughs> is it American style coffee? Um, no, I like Italy,、uh, Italy coffee, Lavazza.、Ah. Oh, good taste, good taste. Okay. <laughs> um, when it is time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? I prefer listening to music. It helps me relax and relieve my pressure.、Uh, even good for meditation. What kind of music?、Uh, I like、uh, jazz,、uh, blue,、yeah. and classical. Okay, we we are going to be good friends.、Um, okay. <laughs> and then finally, do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory? Uh, yeah, uh, I do. When I saw, I remember when I saw my father-in-law for the first time. I bought him several handmade pipes.、Uh, surprise, surprisingly, he was so happy and、uh, treated them like jewelry.、Uh, he has been on cigarettes for fifty years and、uh, suffered for ser- serious cough. My mother-in-law. Always worries about his health. Fortunately, he'd、uh, like to try different pipes and blend of tobacco. The most important thing was he actually enjoys so pipe cleaning afterwards. <laughs> Patient really matters.、Uh, you would be amazed that his cough improved after giving up cigarettes in one month and no longer getting used to it. Uh, believe it or not, I think it's an impressive and interesting experience. I had the same experience with me. Okay. Really? <laughs> <Wow> . Same <laughs> thing. So,、um, William, will we see you come to the United States? Maybe. Yeah, I hope I can. It would be wonderful to have you. Thank you very much to you and your wife for coming on the show. It has been a pleasure and my honor. <laughs> the pleasure is ours. It's ours. We are worrying our performance was very bad, which will affect the audience and experience. So, if you want us to repeat any of the questions, maybe we can do better. <laughs> Now your English is much better than my、uh, is Mandarin. Okay,、yeah. <laughs> that's fair enough. <laughs> so maybe to finish this off, maybe you could say something in、uh, in Chinese to all the Chinese listeners. Ah, he said you can to all my Chinese listeners use Chinese words to introduce yourself or to introduce your tobacco. Oh, okay. Now, um, 用中文好好好，呃，呃，各位中国的读客大家好，呃，我很高兴呃能够通过这个美国烟斗杂志和大家进行交流，呃，正如这个节目里听到的，我的英文不算很好，那个基本上都是我的妻子帮我完成了这个节目，当然也很感谢 Brian， 嗯、呃，欢迎大家能够上我的网站来。And I will end that by saying also, Shishi,、uh, 
thank you very much for coming on again, and we'll be back in just a minute. Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years, we've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell and Deal. From the Cellar Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake Series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at CND as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell and Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. And again, a very big thank you to William and Jerry. And I really appreciate their effort. And and I and I appreciate their their top quality English. Uh, so do check out his pipes. Take a look at what he's got. He's got some good looking stuff. I'm looking forward to seeing more work from him in the future. All right. For music... Uh, so William likes jazz and blues and so do I. And if you remember back to episode number one, I played a song from a band called the jazz cats. And this has nothing pipe smoking related, except I smoked a pipe while I watched them. Uh, this is a band that I saw in new Orleans while we were there on vacation. And I played one of their songs on show number one. So we're going to play one of their songs seven years later. Uh, this one's called Night and Day, and it's from the Jazz Cats, which is just a local group of guys in New Orleans.
so after listening to that again, I want to go to I want to go back to New Orleans and just sit around and uh, you know drink hurricanes and listen to music. And I also like to find that bass player because that bass solo in there, wow. Sweet merciful crap. In the mailbag, if you have a comment or question, you can email me directly, Brian at pipesmagazine.com or travel related stuff, Brian.levine at mei-travel.com. Uh, or you can go right onto Pipes Magazine and post it right there, and uh, you know, you'll get your comment read. Anyway, going back to last week with uh, Jeff Grasick, uh, Casey Ghost writes, Going to Britain just has to be a real treat. You could go sightseeing for a whole year and not see everything. You know, he's absolutely right. <laughs> you could go sightseeing and not see everything in a year. I mean, there is a ton of historical stuff. Anyway, uh, he goes on to write, I've always wanted to go to the old sod first and then to Great Britain. Uh, he also says, I just can't believe Rich Esserman smokes those huge pipes, but I've seen him, so I guess I'll have to believe it. And then uh, Ira, the writing rabbi, says, Another great show, Brian. Jeff is a pleasure to listen to. It'd be great if you'd review the Hebraica blends. William Sarad and I blended them for Craig Tarler at CND close to 25 years ago. Uh, the anniversary of the Christopher Morley Club, where we met, is set for October. Uh, I've always thought they were overlooked by many for some reasons. Maybe the names put people off. My favorite is, and I'm going to butcher these, I apologize, uh, or Leom or Daylight. Enjoy, Ira. Uh, yeah, you know, sometimes I wonder if, uh, well, let's put it this way. When it comes to some of the premium cigars that are out nowadays, there are just some names and some brands like Psycho and Warlock or whatever and stuff like that that I just, I, you know, I just don't want to smoke them. Uh, just the name puts me off. And I wonder if sometimes a name that people don't understand might... Uh, turn them off from trying a product that they might really like. And going back to the uh, straight grain question of about a month ago with uh, Jeff Grasick from Rick Newcomb, uh, Fred Hanna wrote me, and I, was, I picked on Fred about his uh, love of straight grain in that, in that segment. Uh, Fred said, I, I have said repeatedly in my book and in articles and in public that grain has no effect on the flavor of the pipe. Whether it is straight grain, flame grain, bird's eye grain, whole grain, multi-grain, or no grain. So I, com so I completely agree with Jeff Grasick's recent answer on the radio show. Straight grain for me is a matter of aesthetics. However, it was interesting that Jeff mentioned several times that he or other pipe makers strive for straight grain. Bingo. <laughs> uh, Fred, I love you. Yeah, uh, you know, and straight grain sells for more money. So that would about explain it. Uh, and again, uh, comments or questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Uh, if you are looking for uh, a warm winter escape coming up this year, well, there are some good deals on cruises. And if you follow me on Facebook or on Instagram, you will see where uh, there was a couple nights on this last cruise where I might have had three desserts because... You know what? You can eat all you want. <laughs> if there's three different desserts on the menu for dinner that night that you want to try, you just ask for all three and they'll happily bring them to you. Um, might have made a pig of myself. Uh, there was one day where I had <laughs> uh, four starters. I think I had three entrees and a super salad and, and or uh, yeah, three starters and three appetizers and then a soup instead of having an entree then i might have had a couple of desserts because when you go on a cruise they'll just keep bringing you food uh the night we had lobster tails <laughs> i told him i said just go ahead and bring me the second one right away and sure enough he did we had both my wife and i had two lobster tails Anyway, if you want to do that, or if you're going to Disney World or Disneyland or any of those places, reach out to me first. In fact, if you're going anywhere, reach out to me first. If I can't help you with booking it, I'll help you with my advice and uh, my uh, opinions. So, you know, I'm the leading expert on my own opinion, and it's free to you, and so is my advice, and so is booking with me. All right, rant time is next.
there's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Teasers. Yeah, teasers. People that tease. I don't like them. Well, I, I don't mind teasing personally, but teasing when it comes to podcasts or shows that I watch. Uh, it seems like the latest thing now is for people to say something to the effect of, well, I've got something I'm working on. Should I tell you about? No, I can't. I really can't tell you. You'll just have to wait and find out. Well, it's a false tease. If you can't say anything about it, <coughs> and you tease it like that, well, you just did say something about it, so what the hell's that about? If you can't say anything about it, don't talk about it. If you can say something to the effect of, I've got an interview recorded. In fact, this happened on one of my Disney podcasts. Uh, the guy said flat out, I've got an interview recorded. It's on this subject. And it's embargoed until September 30th, so we're going to release a show on September 30th with that interview, and you'll get that information then. No, instead, what a lot of places, what a lot of podcasts are saying, and what a lot of shows are saying is, well, I've got something, but I really can't tell you about it yet. Well, you just did. So really don't tell us about it, okay? Really just keep your mouth shut until you can say something of substance, except for I've got a secret and I can't tell you. Ha, 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 ha. Teasers. Yeah, I don't like them. Don't like them at all. All right, real quick before we go, I uh, hope everybody has fun this weekend at the Kansas City Pipe Show. That's coming up this weekend, uh, Octo October 5th. You will see me at the Richmond uh, Conclave of Richmond Pipe Smokers show at the Sutliff Tobacco Factory. I'll be there. Perry Jensen's going to be there. Russ Willett will be there. Uh, who else? I'm missing somebody else. I know I'm missing somebody else, and I apologize. Anyway, it's going to be a great time. Factory tours and everything, so come out and, uh, come out and see me. And then... Uh, the following week after that, the Texas Pipe Show, you can go to texaspipeshow.com to find out more information about that one. And then the last one that I'll be at, uh, November 2nd and 3rd, the West Coast Pipe Show in Las Vegas, Nevada. So please make sure and get out to a pipe show. I look forward to seeing you guys in, uh, I'll be in Richmond and in Vegas and hope to see a lot of you there. All right. Thank you very much again to William and Jerry for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. the clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny weather happy of toilet paper again.